Welcome to Business Whip Podcast. Join business consultant Kyle Lum and business and personal credit expert Gene Davis as they share their perspectives to build your business. Both share a passion of helping business owners and entrepreneurs become better. Here are your hosts, Kyle Lum, Gene Davis. Well, welcome to the episode on the four economic resources. And today we're going to go over number two, which is labor. So the first one was land, labor, capital, and time. So we're going over labor. Good morning, Kyle. Morning, Gene. Man, this is exciting. Yeah, I like it. It's a good twist and I, I like a good option on how to, I want to say, maximize your business credit and invest it. This is really an investment. Uh, labor, a lot of people see it as an expense. And I think because if sometimes if you don't do it right, it is an expense. Right? There's When it comes to labor, uh, when I was a manager and I was recruiting and hiring and training, there's a phrase that my my manager taught me, and he said it was quick to hire, but slow to fire. And, you know, that phrase, obviously, it stuck with me, but it's because you want to make sure you have the right people. Absolutely. And you're always looking for people, whether you need them or not especially if you're a labor-intense company, more like service industries, definitely, because you have a higher turnaround with that. And so you're always wanting to keep good, fresh people. The other thing is you never, ever want to be held hostage by employees. What I mean by that is somebody doesn't show up to work. Oh, crap. Now your whole business shuts down. I mean, that's not what you want. You want your business to continually function and do well with or without you being there so that your personnel is trained and they're able to run everything properly for you. So that's having a business credit, you know, would help for maybe a slow month. You've had this big, huge job and it's going to take you three, six weeks to get paid for it until the job's done. So that being said, you need to upfront the cost for your goods, the cost for your services, the cost of your employees, you know, whatever that is. You don't want to have that to be something that's going to hold you back. Having business credit gives you another avenue for funds, available funds, keeping those funds available for you and being able to, you know, keep good employees. So it's all uh, a simple process and it's all really cool and good and fun to do as long as you do it correctly. <laughs> and yeah, so because the, the employees, they know if your business is slowing down for whatever reason and you're not as busy. They'll see that. They'll either see it because there's literally less work and your business is not as busy. And some of them may be worried that, okay, if there's not as much business, I'll, I won't get as much hours or they might do start doing pay cuts. And a lot of times they want benefits, whether it's health or some insurance benefit, and they want maybe a retirement. Sometimes it might even be bonuses. Correct. Or just even stability, you know, having a stable job and being able to rely on that, that, Hey, if it's slow this week, I know that I'm working for a great company and it doesn't matter if it's slow, as long as I'm doing my part, being the best employee that I can be, I'm going to have an awesome job. That's the attitude that you want to have throughout your company. I always make my sales goal or my top number or whatever you want to call it visible to the whole company managers all the way down to the janitor and everything in between because you want everyone in the same mind frame of hitting your goals. So yeah, there's, there's going to be sometimes where they're going to see, oh, your goal for this month is $83,333.33. And you're, you're at July 29th and you're 
at 40,000 because it's visible. And they're like, oh crap, what's going to happen? Nothing if you have your systems and everything put in place, especially like with business credit and business funding, you have the funds available. So you don't have to worry about that stuff. Well, and, and also I think good employees, they look at a company and what they're doing and what is the growth potential. I know when I was young and I was looking for a job, I took a job, not just on what I was going to make and the benefits that I was going to get then, but what was the potential? What else could I grow into? So when you have resources and, you know, earlier we talked about those, the four stages of a business. And if you're in the startup and the growth stage, those are exciting because there's a lot of growth at addition to the business. And I think employees like that because they get the experience that maybe they won't get it from a more established company uh, that's more mature, right? That's the third phase was the maturity phase, or they may be stuck at that current position a little bit longer than they would like. And when you're a younger company or Maybe you don't have to be young. You could always be growing. And True. <laughs> right? And if you're always growing and adding and expanding and doing different creative things for the business, having that business credit will make the expansion less stressful. I truly believe that because I, I watch Shark Tank and a lot of the people, the guests that go on Shark Tank, they're there because they have, they're growing, but they're out of resources. No, cash flow. <laughs> cash is... King and all this. And so like what you're saying, yeah, you're absolutely right. Go ahead, pal. That's where having, it's not just hiring, but finding a partner. Like those companies, some of those people that go on Shark Tank, if they had business credit and they went on Shark Tank and can you imagine getting one of those deals, getting a partner, like one of those sharks and then having ammo with, and going in, you have a partner, plus you have business credit ammunition. Oh yeah. Now that's a good position to be in. You've got a lot more opportunity and somebody's going to go, Hmm, I'm going to take this one before somebody else does, because this is a great thing they've got going on. And they're in the mode of growth and they're doing things the right way. They've got business credit. They've got business funding. They just want a little extra support to really blowing up. So that, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I like that. The other thing that as far as labor, you know, we want to go over a couple of things with labor. And I think the very first thing starts out with the application. You know, make sure you have a good application and then make sure that that applicant actually filled out the whole application or don't even interview them because that's a waste of your time. Did they fill out everything properly? Is it neat? Can you read it? Did they take some pride in it? Did they show up to your facility in a tank top and shorts and flip-flops or something? And that'd be okay if you was doing pool. lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, they were a lifeguard. However, if you're doing something else, did they dress appropriately for it? Did they treat your office manager with respect? Were they mature? Those types of things you want to make sure that you make a note of. And if they've hit all those criteria, then definitely you want to look at interviewing them. First thing, it starts out with your application. Make sure that your application is tailored to your own personal business, whatever it is that you're looking for too. So that it might be tailored to that one position that you can tweak it and tailor it to those specific positions. Now, you don't want just a general one that you get online because mm, some of them are okay, but most of them don't really hit what you're looking for. Then I also, after that, then you want to make sure that, uh, you know, you do the interview correctly. And most people, this is where they screw up. Most managers or 
business owners, this is where they usually talk too much. And so what you need to do during that application interview is you want to hear from that applicant. You want to see, did they show up on time? Were they dressed good? Ask open-ended questions and shut up. Let them answer. Let them sell you on them, not you sell them on your business. That's key there is to just listen because there's things in there that'll come up. And you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. That's a red flag. I'll note that. And I'm going to go back to it after he's done or she's done talking. And we're going to go back and address this red flag. That's a red flag for me or concern for me because of what they said. And that's where you want to really listen and don't open your mouth too much. Let them talk. So let them sell themselves to you, not you sell yourself to them. You've got the position. You've got the money. You've got everything there. You've got a great program. You have everything set up and ready to rock and roll. And you have the best training programs, all that. Let them talk. That's the thing I see. And that's the hardest thing as coaching people. It's the hardest thing to inbred in somebody that's not used to doing that. Sometimes people just like to talk about themselves or their company because they're uncomfortable with somebody new. That's a stranger in front of them. So, ah, what do I do? You know, so they just talk versus you really should listen and let them talk. It's going to save you a lot of money. You may not end up hiring that person or you're like, man, this person really said everything correctly. And man, they got some integrity and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm hiring this person. You know, I'm going after this person for sure. I want this person on my team. Just make sure that you listen <laughs> more than talk during the interview. Yeah. A lot of people I talk to when they're hiring one, um, I don't think everybody's good at hiring. <laughs> No. You can be a good business person, but I've learned that some people are not good at hiring, but I think you can learn to be good. You can. I definitely think it's something you can learn. Some things that I've, I've seen that they miss is job description. You have to have a crystal clear job description of the position that you're hiring for so that you have the right expectation. And when you're interviewing them, you set those expectations. So if you need them to, if it's a position where they need to have certain skills, like they need to type a lot or they need to know how to use maybe Excel or PowerPoint, then within the interview process, you have to give them a test on those things and you give them scenarios and you make them work through it. That's what I've learned works best. But a lot of people, they don't hire well because they don't have the right expectation of what they're looking for as far as the job description. And like in my business, I've hired hundreds of advisors and a lot of them are still in the business. They're successful and one of the things I always told them was it's blood, sweat, and tears in the first three years. It's pain and punishment. You're underpaid for the time that you work. And I would tell them, tell me about a time where it was the hardest thing you ever had to overcome. And they would tell me about that situation. And I'd ask them, how did they feel when they were going through it? And then I would say, great, thanks for sharing. So now this business is 10 times worse than that. So that, that <laughs> feeling like that you yeah, told that. me about, that feeling when you were down and you, how you were feeling, multiply that by 10. That could potentially be the worst time in this business because there's going to be some times where it's really hard. And I set their expectation up front. And a lot of them appreciate that I was honest. I wasn't trying to sell them. In a way, I was trying to sell them out of it. Right. Because I wanted to see how bad did they really want it. Because it's easy to sell someone all the great things. And all the interviews I did, they always tell me they're selling me on all these great things. Great. So tell me what's bad about it. What's bad about the company? 
why is this position available? If this company is so good, you have no probably filling the spot. So why is it available? Tell me the bad thing. I guess I'm giving more to interview if you're the interviewee. And if you're honest with the people you're hiring, you'll tell them the challenges that either you have within that position and or the challenges with the company because they may have ideas and you could even ask them. It can be part of the process. These are the challenges I have. How can you make them better? Yeah. Open-ended questions. That's, that's it. Ask the open-ended questions tailored to whatever position that you're fulfilling or needing to be fulfilled and then shut up and hear what they have to say. If they can't answer it, they probably shouldn't be on your team. Yeah. And if you're working in teams, a big tool that a lot of companies use now are personality tests. Mm -hmm. I, I think if you're not a good judge of people and character, then that's helpful. I've done it a few times. And for me personally, I usually, when I interviewed, it was three, sometimes four times. And I always gave them homework. That was another test that I did was whether it's, here's a sheet, put five people I want to contact your referrals, who I could talk to, to just really ask about you and confirm some of the things that we talked about. I would give them homework. And a lot of times the homework would filter them out. Oh yeah. If they're serious about the job, they'll do it. They'll even do it right there for you sometimes before they leave. Well, I've had that happen too. Can I, uh, can I go ahead and just sit down and fill this out now? I'm like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Follow up with the references, follow up with, uh, another good area to follow up with is as far as their job history. So make sure there's no large gaps in between no lapse of jobs. Cause that says a lot for a person. Are they ambitious? Are they going to keep working or are they just wanting to skirt by and milk the system somehow? So follow up with that. Plus you know, they've had a lot of jobs. On yeah, the if they have a lot, then, then you're like, wait a minute, why do you have so many jobs? You got a job every three, four months or every six months. You know, that tells you they're not very stable or you probably uh, don't want to hire somebody like that because that's definitely not what you're looking for unless you're just wanting to fill something as a part-time position for a short period of time, then maybe something like that would work. However, if you're in the business of doing what you're supposed to and training people the correct way, you're not going to want to have somebody that you train and then all of a sudden they're gone in six months. You don't want to spend all that time because if you're serious about training, you're going to be serious about paying them for the training. You're going to be serious about a test that they take afterwards. You're going to grade them on that test. And that test is also going to reflect on whether or not they get a raise or anything down the, in the future. Different companies or different businesses, I should say, have continuing ed. Make sure that uh, they're up on that if you're hiring somebody in that position. Or make sure that you as your company does continuing ed and making sure that your employees are doing exactly what you want them to do and how you want them to do it. That's the key is making sure that it's done properly. Don't be afraid of losing an employee after you've trained them though. That's where I see, I, I have a lot of people ask that too. Well, man, I, I spend an hour a week training. That's going to add up a lot over the year. And that's a lot of time that I spent with this person. My answer to that is yes. And if you hire the wrong person and they're not trained, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot more than that hour. Guaranteed. Even for the whole year. Make sure that person is trained. I'd much rather train my competition because I know the quality of the work that they do. And the better quality people and businesses you have in your industry, the better your industry and your business will be because now you're setting better standards. Absolutely. Good competition is good for everyone. Keeps everyone sharp.
Absolutely. And if you don't have any competition, then you should be worried. <laughs> the business that you're in is sustainable. True. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Look at, so, look at the consumer goods between Walmart, Target, Amazon, and Costco. And you put those four companies together, probably more money than the world has. <laughs> and they pretty much compete against each other. But they make trillions of dollars just between the, I would say the world almost evolves around those four companies. Well, well you, you gotta, you gotta look at Amazon, how Amazon took and just blew up the world with doing online ordering. And now you look at the other companies like Walmart or anyone else, you can order online and have it shipped straight to your house. You don't have to go to the store. That's a whole different realm of evolving other businesses. And you are absolutely correct, Kyle. Definitely, you want to make sure that your people are trained properly. You definitely want to hire the right people. You definitely want to keep looking for people, whether you need them or not. And you want to have funds available for benefits. Kyle can speak on that a little bit. The benefits like health benefits or key man insurance or anything of that nature that you can have an offer to your people. There's different types of employee benefits that you can give to your employees. When training employees, that's where the job description is really important because then you'll know the skills that you want them to have or that they need to effectively do the job. And when you know the skills, you know how much time you should spend. That's the thing I, I really, I know a lot of businesses, business owners, they complain about certain employees and the people that they have. They just don't do the job well. But how long did you actually spend training with them? I sat down with them for two hours. You trained them on how to do the job, but you didn't train them on understanding like the, the job that they're doing and how it affects the business. And, yes. and integrating the why with the training and then spending the time to really make sure they understand it. So I always recommend 12 weeks. And obviously it depends on the job. In my profession, most people need, uh, at least in the first 12 weeks, the learning curve is super steep. It's like a 90 degree curve. So as they have a lot to learn, you have to give them a lot of time. And then you reevaluate every 12 weeks, every 90 days. And you'll see little by little, you'll slowly start to spend less and less time. And then you rinse and repeat. When you hire somebody else new, you rinse and repeat. And that's how you have a successful hiring and training cycle. And to save yourself time, if you video your training, you don't have to do it every single time. You can just play the video for them and then give them a test and then go back in and say, do you have any questions? You know, after they've watched the video for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, 45 minutes, whatever it is on that topic. I always also like to look at when, who, what, how, and why. So when we train, who we train, what we train, how we train, and why we train. So make sure that you cover all those. And, and that's kind of the same stuff Kyle was just barely talking about. And we want to make sure that you guys totally understand that. So the why is super important. And that's that expectations you know, what that job description is, why is it important? And then how's it going to affect them? What are you going to be training them? Who are you going to be training? And then when are you going to be training? Should you have your trainings at, in the morning, in the afternoons, whatever it is, that's going to be best for you and make it the same time every week is, is a better thing. The other thing that as we're talking about this is I like to cross train my employees as well, making sure that maybe your office manager, your secretary or receptionist know some of the stuff that the office manager needs to know. So that if your office manager goes on vacation or something like that, 
another person can step in and, and do that task or whatever, whoever you're cross training, those people can step in and help during a crisis or during a overload or during, you know, whatever may come up. Because people get sick. We're human. We get sick. Sometimes we need to take breaks. That's good too. Making sure that you give your employees vacation time or time off so that they can recharge and be a good employee for you. Make sure that you've got your systems set up properly and having that business credit is definitely going to give you an advantage over another company that doesn't have it because they're paying it cash out of pocket or however, where you can go to your reserves if you need to and not touch your operating expense for certain tasks since you've got it planned out because planning is a definite task that you need to make sure you're doing good at. Yeah, because you never know when another pandemic or something could cause, there's hundreds of things that can, unknowns that can affect your business. And if you're stressed about revenue and you don't have a backup, a reserve fund, whether it's cash in the bank and having business credit as your reserve fund to carry you for that short period of time gives you and your people, your the employees or the people you work with, your customers, they'll see it. And because you're not stressed, it'll keep the morale good even when things are tough. And yeah. that that's priceless, right? Like the quality of your people adds to your whip, your wealth, the wealth of your business, the health of your business. It keeps people inspired and keeps them working to that purpose and the, the company values. And your customers and your clients, they'll notice that when everybody else is stressed and they come to your business and you're providing great service, the employees have a great attitude and the morale is good. And a lot of times it's finances. And when the employees sense that the owner's doing good, even though they know business is slowing down, we're not making as much sales, but they know that you have a plan, that the business has a plan and the business is tight, they're confident and they'll keep working and keep growing that whip. And that's what it's about. Staying focused on your wealth, your health, being inspired and working with purpose. To summarize, you have those applications. Typically, you don't want super long applications, but that might be a filter. If you have a long application, it could be a good filter. If they're willing to sit down and fill out all the paperwork, you need to have a tight interview process. In my experience, it's usually at least three, maybe even four meetings, depending on the candidate. You might even have five. But I would say, in my experience, minimum of three Maybe you haven't had a good track record of hiring quality people. Maybe bring somebody else in within the interviewing process and or incorporate personality pests, especially if they're working in teams because you either want them, and you have to decide if you want them to have similar personalities or you want them to have different personalities so that they could be a little more creative. I think both is good. It just depends on the position. You got to have that crystal clear job description so that you know what you're hiring for. Yes. And so your employee knows what the expectations are too. And you can set the expectations for the person. They require some days where they have to work holidays and weekends or extra hours. And you need to be upfront and honest with them with the expectations. And ask, like Gene said, open-ended questions and just make sure you're hiring quality people because the quality of the people will add to the wealth of your business, the health of your business. Everybody will be inspired and they'll keep working the values and the purpose of the company and they'll keep whipping it into shape. Whip it. <laughs>